Next time some lady asks you to move a file cabinet, just file a claim, my brother, because she's watching it. She's watching it. <laughs> fight. Fight back. I, uh, I used to have this really creepy, creepy boss who'd always come up to me and say stuff like, I really like it when you wear your hair like that. <laughs> Uh, why don't you come in the meeting, take shorthand, cheer up the guys with your pretty face. <laughs> come on, smile for me. You look, you look so much more, uh, more beautiful when you, when you smile. <laughs> you know, like I go in his office, say stuff like, Nice. I really love the way you're gray, curly, neck hair comes up of the edge of your peach, poly weave, sweat stained sports shirt. Mm. Why don't you come in my cubicle and tell me more about my partial dental benefits after 90 days? Mm. Come on, smile for me. The fact that I net $6.49 an hour to provide you with the sexual stimulation you're not man enough to get in your personal life is so much more apparent when you smile. bit of my friend Maria Bamford man she's kicking butt man her special Brandon the other day she actually did a special um, where it, all the money went to black lives matter that's good though yes it is um, she did it out of LA she did it on zoom it was a virtual show um, plus an after party where you could hang out with all the people that were there um, all her uh, famous friends and her and plus her fans I mean it was cool it was just like it's like right now we're hanging out in the garage with the tortured, yeah. which is, like, fucking unheard of, man. This is great. This is, like, an exclusive show. Fuck everybody else. If yeah, you're yeah. listening, download this shit. Keep this shit on your hip. Well, that's what we're doing. Check it out. Um, Instead of a doing a, a top-of-the-hour commercial break, I'm just going to listen in and see what the fuck they're doing. Uh, we'll be back after the top of the hour. Don't worry. Around the corner, we got the 420 shout-out with Patrick Carlin, which – of course, he's, he's going to yeah. He's gonna love this. He's going to wish he was here smoking one. <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. Um, the Tortured. Well, come on, everybody. Let's dance again tonight. Got the money in my dreams. So I'm really going to make it right.
party when we got to put a guard outside. And the road come home, I'm afraid they're gonna have my hide. They all been on the movies a week or two. Come on, running around with the usual crew. Who cares? Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. can be free. Going down Ocean Beach, see the waves, going where my guitar craves, playing some music and soaking up sunny rays, watching the coast fade away. Turning tomorrow into today. Going where I wanna be, where I can grab all of the sun, where I can be free, where I can be free. Fingers melting. Into the string, no chiming when I sing. Riding the waves, my life throwing me. Bright star, I will be. I guess we'll keep going. Uh, let's do, yeah, you can fuck right off. Captain's run away, ship is sinking down, says get out of my way, those lifeboats of mine, can swim with the sharks, in the deep dark, abyss where you'll be, for the rest of time. Yeah, you can fuck right off, you're going down with the ship. I'm so dumb with your shit. Yeah, you can fuck right up. Well, say it I'm living in. It's burning down. Get out of my way. Sacred ground. Goodbye, ocean breeze. And the many trees. That's what happens when those filled with greed are at large yellow ones that are left in charge. Yeah, 
Yeah, you can fuck right off. You're going down with the ship. I ain't taking none of your shit. Yeah, you can fuck right off. Yeah, you can fuck right off. Burned on down, down to the ground. The firefighters rush right in, making sacrifice so large. Coward like Donald Trump was left in charge. Why didn't you, 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 calling the National Guard, cause you're blind and cannot see, not see, not see, got no sympathy, sympathy.
we are back. We are. Wow. Holy shit, guys. Keep drinking water. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Keep it going for the yeah. torture. We got to give it up for right? Yeah. All right. Fuck. You guys have had some. I'll take my mask off now that I'm in a fucking fishbowl. What's going on in here? Um, but you guys had some people walking by and smiling and, and listening in, right? That's good, though. What's that? You haven't pissed anybody off yet. No, that comes later. It will happen. It will happen. You know, this is. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know, this is actually a really great little nook in the Mission District, though. I think people here really love love the art, love the music, love the culture. I mean, this is one of the parts of, like, one of the golden parts of San Francisco that I've always loved. And I don't want it to go away. Like, we just had to struggle, uh, comedians. Again, I'm talking in a comedian's life, and I know I'm talking to musicians, but I'm talking your kind of thing. They were closing down the punchline. So it's like yeah. closing down one of your guys' venue, like well, the independent. Like, they're closing down the independent, <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, really? That's fucked up, right? Slims, uh, Store Slims. Club, Store Club, Stud Bar. St- Store Club, venues? I love the Store Club in yeah. Oakland, right? And yeah, so I love there. I've performed uh, there. Let's see. What other venues? They've closed... Hemlock Tap, that was a while. Oh, Hemlock. That was before, though. I'm Hemlock talking more up, like up there, up in, uh, like COVID. Oh, yeah, I liked Hemlock. They closed Hemlock. They closed Hemlock a while ago. Yeah, I remember Amnesia that. closed in February. Amnesia. So that's what I mean. They're, they're dropping like flies. They're dropping worse than the fucking COVID virus, dude. And, yeah. and we got to do whatever we can to support these people. Um, again, you guys got to check it out. It's thetorturedsf.com. Yes, I'm going to get it sooner or fucking later after Please. eight years. By, by the way, I've been bumping into this mic. Do I have COVID now? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. I think that you, if anything, you'll just get an STD. They've just rubbed uh. their per- privates against it. Oh, fuck it. I'll just say it. They've rubbed their dick up against it. Because, like, my ma- I try to keep my mask on. I know. That's it's the hard thing. when I'm singing, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. And it, it comes off, and I, like, hit my mask, or I hit my mouth. Like well, the, okay, so that was the mask that had the condom on it, though, right? Yeah, so you should be fine. This one? Yeah, didn't I give you it, and it had a condom? No? I think you're fine. Oh, that's the one I gave it. The right. ghost. Okay. Um, you're probably fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like asking if I'm fine. I'm probably fucked. I'll tell you right now, it's been at least 16, 18 hours since anybody's touched that microphone. That's 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 pretty good. Right? That's I think the metal good. thing they, like, tell you after so many hours, right? And if it's plastic, it's another thing. I think it hangs on metal longer, though. You're right. It does. Awesome. Because it's heavy metal. <laughs> All right. Hey. Man, i got to carry this guy around, him, man. Yeah. Just have, a, like, a drummer in my back pocket at all times. Send me a rim shot, like a, a MP3, so I can start using that. You all say the time. a ri- rim shot? A rim shot. It's called a rim shot. Give me a rim shot. You know what a rim shot is. No. Yeah. That isn't a rim shot? So, no. So no matter what, when you hear those two sounds, that's considered a rim shot, no matter in which form or whatever one you're hitting. A badoom kish. A badoom? Badoom kish. Man, I like the sound rim shot better. There's so many jokes there. Okay, so <laughs> badoom kish. 
Yeah, but but that no, but that that's good. That's knowledge. Oh my God, yeah, he, he, comedians listening. That's not a rim shot. That's a badoom kish. Oh my God. Okay, here we go. The things we learn. Um, oh boy. Uh, oh teachers, boy. teachers in the classroom. Uh, we got <laughs> joining us is the tortured again. It's the tortured sf dot com. I'm waiting for. Um, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna read some famous birthdays. We're gonna let you guys jam, and then Patrick Carlin should be joining us. I gotta go make sure he is. Um, today, born on this day, famous birthdays: Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Whoa. There you go, Doctor Strange on this day Fuck in 1976. Yeah. John Jones, mixed martial artist. Nice, you know. also good. Uh, the, another one, Brian May from Queen. Eh. Born on this day in 1947. What do you mean, eh? eh. Fuck I'm you. I'm not arena rock guy, uh, sorry. Okay, I know, I loved him. Um, okay, here's one for you, Johnny. I knew that I saved this one for you. Lizzie Borden. Born on this now day in 1860. That is cool because she killed her whole family with an axe. With a fucking axe. She Fuck like yeah, dude. Fucking Hardcore. Hardcore. She was like the original. Who else do we got? Fuck yeah. Uh, da, 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 who else do we got? Oh, well, check this out. Robert Todd Lincoln. The last descendant of Abraham. Okay. Okay. Nice. There we go. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, Happy that's birthday, interesting. then. Happy birthday, you dead man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stove yeah. pipe. <laughs> a stove pipe hat. There you go. Uh, uh, George Zenuda, actor. Um, yeah, 1945, born on this day. Um, who is Alan Collins? I don't know. Guitarist, musician, songwriter, American. Alan Collins, born on this day in 1952. And he's fucking rocking out. He's got some fucking hair. That guy's rocking out. He should be somebody we fucking know. <laughs> uh, let me see here. We'll, I'll try to end it on one more. We'll see if we get anybody good. Oh, they're all fucking no, no, no. All right, guys. That's that's birthdays on this date. Uh, July 19th, 2020. We are here with the tortured, and we've got about, oh, about five more minutes. I guess we'll do, if we got five, we could do the society again. This is Hyatt again. Well, l let's talk to you guys. I want to ask you, you guys. But I, want I want you guys to inter I want you to introduce your band first off, and I say you because you're like the front guy. I'm not saying he's like the uh, boss. Okay. Just saying he's like the front guy. Definitely he's right. definitely <laughs> not the boss. Uh, I don't like Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nah, he's alright. To the left of me on bass guitar. Born in the U. Okay. Uh, to the left. To the left, we got. Sporting an awesome face mask, by the way. Yeah, all right. Uh, we yeah, got yeah. Derek Zender yeah. on Whoa. bass. Yeah, there you go, Derek. All right, man. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, it's kind of, I want to say, 11 o'clock for me right now. We got Jeremiah Johnson on guitar. At about 12 o'clock, facing me, we got Sam Gearing on drums. There you go. There you go. And myself, <laughs> I am... You had a night like me last <laughs> night. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> and uh, myself, I am Johnny Laurie on guitar and vocals. There you go. Right on. There That's the tortured guy. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. Um, what are we going to do? We're going to do... You want to do a repeat, but I'm thinking you got to do something different. You got to do something. Wait, wait. Hold on. All right. We'll do a short song. We'll do... Uh, no, no, no. We should do something shorter because Patrick's going to call soon, so we should do, like, to get by or something. We should do Lowrider because I've been practicing it. And no. I think I got it low no, low rider. We, go, we would do... 
All right, we'll do She's Gone. We'll do She's Gone. We'll do. All right, we'll do She's Gone. Fuck. One, two, three, four. Nope. One, two, three, four. F sharp, F sharp during the bridge. Came all this way to find her. All the way up the coast. But she is all. up in the head she's gone she's
right, Brandon? What do you yeah. think? Yeah, right on. Hey, guys, you know what time it is. It's 420 on the right coast, and as far as I'm concerned, it's 420 on the left coast. Usually joining us live from WDST in upstate New York, but right now he's somewhere in the deep, deep woods of Woodstock. Give it up for our boy, Patrick Carlin. Woo! Hey, Patrick. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Patrick, how are you doing, man? I'm having trouble lighting this joint. You're having problem lighting a joint. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been rolling these fuckers for over 50 fucking years. And I still roll a shitty joint. You still roll a shitty But you're rolling it for yourself, right? So the only one that's complaining is you. Because most of the time, it, well, uh, I mean, pre-COVID, maybe you were sharing a joint if you were up at the Ramble or hanging out doing oh, music and stuff. Oh, I quit doing that, yeah. But, but I quit doing that before they told me to. Okay. It just made sense, man. Hey, what is this band's name today? It's The Tortured. Now, you've talked to Johnny Lowry, the front man, a few times over the last eight years on air with us. Say hi, Johnny. Hey, what's up, Patrick? Hiya, Johnny. I like what I just heard, man. I'd have been there. I'd have been getting in with it, man. It's wonderful. I yeah. love punk bands. Thank you. And so, mm -hmm. so we've got Johnny and his whole band here. Everybody's at least six feet apart. Um, everybody's wearing a mask, except we were just talking about Johnny keeps pulling his down because he has to, but it's okay. We've had him. You're fading there, Paul. Huh? What's that? You're far away. I'm far away? Oh. Am I closer yeah, now? Yeah, you've got to lean in that <laughs> mic and talk loud. i got to lean in like you're a sexy woman. Okay, <laughs> Patrick. All right, here we go. Um, all right, so anyway, but these guys are socially distancing, and this is the first time they've jammed in like four months, man. So this is pretty cool. Yeah. How are you able to? How are they able to do their thing, John? How are you and your guys able to to do your thing there? Like on a virtual trip, we got people back here like that. Uh, um, we got Connor Kennedy and uh, and Amy Helm, and they're doing things like from a just like a at home or something, and broadcasting it to people. Does that work good for a punk band? No, I mean it's it's kind of tough like that. That's why we came to the space today, the four of us, to practice here in person. Um, you know, because mostly and, you gotta be there, man. It's, That's the yeah, thing. it's just it's just not the same. And I've had like friends and other bands tell me about it, and they always say like, "Oh, it glitches and the timing is off." Like we tried Zoom, but it doesn't always yeah, work. Yeah, it ain't it ain't the same. It it's ain't not the same. same. So we came to, together today to practice and get ready to record a new EP. Uh, that we hope to record soon, um, and we're having fun. Good. And we're having we're having fun Good. doing it. Um, so yeah, we're here practicing first time in four months and uh, trying to do what we do. Um, it's just been tough. There's no spaces. All the studios shut down. Um, like there's just nowhere to practice. So Paul really is the lifesaver. He's the hero today. Well. Yeah. And it's because we want entertainment and we want people to be together, but we know it, we can't, right? And right. so, like, today, we've taken every precaution. Um, everybody, had, you know, checked their temperature. Nobody's had a cough. Everybody's wearing a mask. Um, everybody's staying apart. Even when these guys are loading in and out, I notice they're only touching their own equipment. <laughs> um, even outside, they looked like they were waiting in line for concert tickets the way they were kind of spaced yeah. out. It was kind of cool. It was like they were afraid that – you know, the drums was going to give someone's amp the virus or something. Uh, so we've taken yeah. every precaution, and when we leave here, we're basically going to dip this whole place in Lysol. So we're yeah. just one big dip, and then we'll leave. Um, but this is it, and, and, and we're trying to entertain. This is 
we're essential workers, Patrick. We are essential that. workers, right? Oh, I believe that. Right, because we have to entertain it. Like Johnny said, yeah, unless you're like the Rolling Stones and you have like five thousand dollars worth of equipment, um, you know, for every one of these people to be able to sync everything up, it's just not the same as being live and being together. So it's really great to have the tortured here. And like I said, you guys haven't seemed like you lost a lick. How do you feel, guys? I mean, does it feel natural? Does it feel good, or does it feel clunky? It's all, all coming, coming back. back. It's like, yeah. You're like riding a bike. There it feels go. good. There you go. Oh, yeah, man. I like that, like riding a bike. No, riding it's the same thing, man. I mean, I don't care. You, you, How many guys you got? You, you got four guys in your band? Four, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you go in your garage. You go in your fucking garage. And in there, I mean, just among the four of you, uh, I don't, I'm, you know, uh, and you got a good thing going. Uh, to me, it's where you're at that's important. Not right. all, you know, as long as you get a, a good thing, you got a good sound system working, and make your fucking tunes in the garage and enjoy each other. Right, and these guys live in separate homes, so everybody has just been aware of COVID. Everybody has not been taunting COVID. Like even today, you know, we're not making jokes of it. Um, we're aware of it, um, and, 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 but we also aware that, you know, like how people need to make money. Sounds like you got that joint finally rolled. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's good shit. Apparently so. Um, <laughs> well, I'm yeah. Get it, Patrick. Get it, yeah. yeah. Must be some good stuff or you're ro rolling up the roaches again. Yeah, but you, guys, you guys could make a tune like that. Roll and just stomp the shit out of it, man. <laughs> rolling the roaches, we'll call it rolling the roaches. Oh, yeah. It has I to start off with a heavy bass lick. I love the whole punk trip, man. Like when Johnny Rotten and them guys first happened and all that shit. I mean, I was there, man. Yeah. I was there for the clash and I was there. And uh, my son Dennis was with Sluts for Hire. And they never got to be champions or nothing, but they went through Europe and had a whole lot of fun and shit. And uh, and, and he's a drummer, right? Oh, he can drum his ass off, man. He used to sit in with Falling James uh, sometimes. And uh, they got a thing called Dumb as a Crayon, where they take <laughs> it down to just a single cymbal trip by Dennis, you know, when it gets real quiet, just, just like that. And then from that point on, it's a fucking drum clinic with the energy in it of lust for life. And uh, it's and, and it's just a motherfucker. And not because he's my kid, but when, when to me, the, the drummer, you got a fucking drummer in your band. Which guy is that? Uh, his his name's Sam, Sam Gearing. He just waved. You couldn't see it, but it was well, a nice wave. Yeah. He's wearing... So, wait, hold on. He's, uh, he's wearing a biohazard uh, gas mask. He's, That's cool. He's, he's ready for post-apocalypse. Yes, he uh, is. You know, he's yeah, not fucking man. around, man. Yeah, and he's got his Niner hat on, too, so he's repping. He's repping all the cool. way around. So, yeah, no, he's being safe. That's why you can't hear him, and he's figuring I don't got to sing anyway. I just got to beat on no, these damn things. No, they just got to be there. Like <laughs> Levon Helm used to say, we'd be out getting loaded before uh, something would be happening and all, and he'd, I'd say, oh, shoot, we better get rolled. It's going to be late. And Levon said, ain't nothing happening till I get there. <laughs> Man, until the drummer kicks in, uh, it ain't a song. Well, 
Well, okay, so do you guys have a lot of songs where, Sam, where you got to count off for everybody first? Is that how you guys start, or how do you guys start? And you can yell, you're not mic'd. There you go. So in this in this case, the catalyst is the guitar sometimes, but oh, that beautiful. I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not against one or the other. They're all intricate fucking components, man. And when the whole scene is going, I mean, I got things I listen to. Uh, I listen to half the fucking song just to wait for the guitar. No, oh, it, yeah. that's it. So and I we, we've got oh, two yeah. we've got two guitars here. We we got Johnny and Jeremiah, J and J. And then we got Derek on Derek on the bass, man, and Derek's oh, just yeah, whipping I, it out. I mean, I dude. love that kind of shit. I like when it, two or three of those motherfuckers going ape shit at the same time on guitar. Well, it just tears me up. Well, fuck, I think you guys, I think you just let us into whatever in the fuck you guys are going to do. Play something. Okay. Uh, right, here yeah. we go. I mentioned to get by earlier. You guys want to do that or, yeah? All right, you guys. The tortured here. Do, do you it. need me to E minor? Do you remember JJ? You, I don't do that. I don't do that. Do yeah. <laughs> like right, I on. said, it's been four months. All right, to get by. That is cool. One, two, three, four. I've been having hard times, I may not have much, but I play from the heart, and that's a start. You don't know what I've been through, trying to get together a band, playing some punk rock, but then I can't care what, singing alone, something I can't tell. Do you realize when you see the fire in my eyes how many times I tried? Do you know what it takes to get by? Get by! Get by! Patrick, I tell you, I just, I just love it. Now, listen, man. Uh, 
you you got to do this, you band guys, just on your own, because uh, you'll know I'm not a bullshitter. Uh, that fucking song right then uh, put me in the same place as Red Asphalt with Dennis's oldest first band that he was with, Bloods for Hire. Red Asphalt! Red Asphalt! And the, the same intensity was there. It was, it was wonderful. I'm not talking about... Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm just talking about the, the fucking overall vibe and pressure and relentlessness. And uh, to me, if, if you're up there, just, I mean, it, it's just natural. That's how it happened. And I really liked it. And uh, I, uh, The Tortured is, is the name of the band, right? That is correct. It's The Tortured. Fucking, fucking great, because I was <laughs> just listening to a thing by uh, Leonard Cohen the other day. And it was about, it was either Anthem or the future or something. But he, something was in there, not about torture, but about that general feeling and all the abuse and the abusers, you know. Uh, really good shit, guys. Right on. So, yeah, yeah, we're, we're enjoying it. They're, they're talking about their next plan, what they plan on doing. Patrick, what else have you been up to, brother? Um, I, every morning I get up and do 13 tunes. You do 13 tunes. All right. Yeah. And uh, what I do, I got a, I got a really weird bunch of iTunes and shit with uh, everything in it from, uh, from Sid Vicious doing My Way and uh, David Lee Roth doing That's Life. And back to old stuff of Nelson Eddy and Jeanette McDonald and uh, shit by uh, uh, Yes to Me, Yes to You, you know, uh, of uh, Stevie Wonder and the Stones, and they're all mixed up. It's all a conglomerate because I listed according to how often they've been played. Like Gentle on My Mind by Johnny Hartford, the guy who wrote it, I played that motherfucker close to 400 times. But the song had a very special significance between me and my brother George. George put me on that song, and when that song comes on, I can actually see him holding the Johnny Hartford album, Earth words and music and that and then uh my man heard it the guy uh who uh who made it popular uh, uh, escaped me but anyway uh, i just love the song and so these things come up i picked the thing this morning i just i dial randomly and i put on the thing uh before i got on the air out here i woke up around six o'clock this morning and I started out with Give Me a Kiss to Build a Dream On by Louis Armstrong, <coughs> which was in my head. And then right after that, the set ran to What If by Lucinda Williams. I saw her again last night, Mamas and Papas, Kodachrome by Paul Simon, and The Best Man by Tony Bennett, Air from Hair, and we were there at the Aquarius and saw those motherfuckers. That was an outstanding trip. And then I 34th Street to L.A. Again, you band guys, you band guys. 34th Street to L.A. by Dan Cassidy. You will feel the anguish in this guy's guitar licks. And it's a 34th Street to L.A. Here I am, howling at the moon like... You'll like it. You'll like it. It's a speedy, quick, 
ass-kicking motherfucker from a guy who went to Phoenix House in New York and kicked the junkie. Kicked the heroin habit. He was a fucking stone junkie. And he went somewhere else, and George put me on to this guy, Dan Cassidy, motherfucker with intensity. And anyway, he popped up. And uh, things like, uh, I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band, Moody Blues. Vampire Blues with Neil Young came next. I mean, these things are just there according to plays, you know. And the set unwinds itself. So uh, I do that, and I do that in hopes of me getting a couple of hours when things fester down here and everything happens. And I don't push nothing. I just wait for shit to unroll. I'm an old motherfucker, and I, at least I've learned to be patient. And the universe unfolds at its own speed. But I basically see this thing as a two-hour show every Sunday for me that I put together with these tunes, and they go to the places where the old people are. Yeah, and then they got, I got shit in there like TM Sabe uh, by a dude from Argentina, man. I got stuff in there from Mariachi uh, uh, El Bronx, brand new guys, man. And I got all kinds of, but it's all in there in like a big jumble, and it spills out into some very interesting sets. This one this morning, number 13, was Come Back to Sorrento by fucking Stan Kenton with a guy on saxophone called Vito Musso, who was from Sicily and a horn-blowing motherfucker. What year was that? That was Come Back to Sorrento by Stan Kenton. And Vito, I mean, I got a lot of Italian buddies, man. And they they love it. I love the shit that they do. And... But anyway, so those kind of sets unwind, and uh, things I got things in there for the caregivers. I got Latin tunes, and it all gets mixed up together. So uh, eventually, uh, I see that going out to uh, places where the old people hang out. And there, you know, there's lots of drug references in it and shit like that, and reefer tunes, like you know, uh, muddy waters. Give me champagne when I want to get drunk, and reefer when I want to get high. You know, and a lot of shit from yesteryear is so fucking hip, long before people even had the word hip. I mean, it was hep, and that was a hep cat, shit like that. And I got music by Lionel Hampton. Uh, Oh, man, it's it's a lot of fun doing it, and it's good for my fucking brain. It keeps me acting, just like a lot of those fucking mental mental health things. You know, they say, by teaching, I'll be taught. Well, that's not bullshit. That's not bullshit. By teaching, I'll be taught. I got a lot of heavy shit by Proko Haram and shit. I mean, you could play that 17-minute cut in hell to Twas and I. Twas tea time at the circus, though some would not agree. And then another one again, in the autumn of my madness, which in coming won't be long. <laughs> and the shit they say. And though the crowd clapped furiously, they did not get the joke. And, you know, I mean, there's such heavy shit going on in a lot of these songs. And then just the anger comes out in my punk side when things crop up. I got people in there. I, well, I got beautiful shit, too. I got uh, I got uh, Joey uh, by Concrete Blonde, which is just a pretty fucking song. And, uh, you know, it's uh, everybody's a mix of everything. And... Uh, that's why I like music and reefer, 
Music and Reefer Band, the well, Equal Brotherhood, and uh, for me, they, they're my they're my part of life. Well, there you go. I, I, yeah. Let's listen in to see what they're doing. I think they're jamming again. Hold on a second. All right. There we go. Right. The torch. I was just going to say, there you go, man. Just what I was saying. That's a, a whole other side of the band, man. That's wonderful. And I love it because we have our front door open and people, people are stopping by, by and yeah. w- walking by with their mask on and stuff. And look at these even handing out a card. Holy shit. Yeah. If you want to check out everything that The Tortured's doing, you can check them out at thetorturedsf.com. Of course, go back to mutinyradio.fm and we need you. We need your help. Go fund us at Mutiny Radio. The GoFundMe button is right there on our front page. But we're hanging out with Johnny, Derek, Jeremiah, Sam. Hey, there we go. Had to remember everybody's name. There we go. I've got it. Okay. I've got it. And Patrick, I, I know that you've been busy over the last few weeks, man. You had some plumbing going on in your house. You had family in. You, you're oh, yeah. Dennis did, did some wonderful things on this visit, man. And stuff that's really good for us, you know. And he, we wound.
wound up with a fucking treadmill here. Huh? Oh, yeah. And I'm not, uh, you know, I don't, I didn't know about it. But then I got with it. I called it Mr. Mill. Okay. And I set it at its lowest fucking speed. Right. And I don't watch nothing. I just march like we used to march in Biloxi. <laughs> and as I, as I walk along, I say, you know, you had a good home when you left, you're right. You had a good home when you left, you're right. Jody was there when you left, you're right. Jody was there when you left, you're right. Your girlfriend was there when you left, you're right. Your girlfriend was there when you left, you're right. Now ain't you glad you got a pal who takes good care of your gal? Sound off. One, two, one, more, three, four. Cadence count. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And you can march all fucking day to that without looking at the fucking dial or... I don't have to watch a rustic scene. All that shit's available and all that. I live in the fucking country. I don't need to look at some other twice a country. So I have a lot of fun with the fucking thing. And uh, I throw it in with my regular workout. And uh, my my idea is to stay as fit as I can to deal with shit. And uh, just break balls and hang around as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> surviving is the best revenge. There you go. <sighs> so I'm glad we've been able to hang out. This is kind of like the closest I've been to normal for a while. Yeah. Um, it's it's felt good to hang out kind of with friends. I feel like we're all behind glass and masks, but we're here and we're hanging out. And uh, yeah. it's good to see them. I hope that you guys are enjoying this out there. This is how you do it. This is how you get a hold of us. You've got to get, get a hold of Send us your original content if you're a band or comedian or anybody. <laughs> Listen to this. Hold on. Sounds like a good little. If you guys are uh, an artist, we want to get your original content. Send it to us at edgeofinsanityproductions at gmail.com. That's edgeofinsanityproductions at gmail.com. And uh, we can be playing you virtually here. Um, we're getting close to the end of the show. We got less than ten minutes, man. Yeah, it went by fast. It did. And you're still there, Patrick. It's kind of loud. Can you actually hear yeah, us? Man, I'm thinking uh, I might uh, do a little singing because I can't sing. I, you know, I, when uh, they do a thing, the Walter Boy Choir Boy, I, I said I sang like one note or something, and it was Walter Boy, motherfucker. <laughs> They didn't fuck around much, uh, and uh, I was in Catholic school and shit like that, so uh, it was a fun fucking trip uh, being me, because I was just a fuck-up from day one, and uh, it's always a lot of fun uh, to be an asshole, you know, to wanna, I never cared about a star or none of that shit, so uh, I dug it, and I, I learned the other shit, you can look out the window and studying clouds and find out that they signed some big shit thing in a special year and everybody got cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I got no complaints. I, I got no complaints about uh, things that uh, if you're going to be a rebel, fellow punk motherfuckers and all, because punk is a fucking attitude, and uh, that's all it is, you know. The attitude chases. You know, I was in attitude chases and uh, you don't, people don't understand, people don't try to be it, 
said among your fucking band there that at least one of you dudes is into the number 13. Well, it was funny because you mentioned that you play 13 songs every day. Oh, yeah, and I do it because 13 has been my number since the day when I was little, about eight years old, and I found out regular people didn't dig 13. I had a little orange crate on a board, which was four skateboards that you made with breaking a roller skate in half, and I painted that motherfucker black with a white 13 on there, man, uh, because that was where it was at. And when they say, oh, Johnny got a 94 in arithmetic, what did you get? I don't know. I'm afraid to look, motherfucker. And uh, I hope I pass because I don't want to have to go back. And, and uh, I wouldn't do the work. It's not, not even a case of being dumb. It's a case of who gives a shit about getting motivated. I'm going to motivate your ass. You know, so fuck yourself. Nobody motivates you except yourself, you know? Yeah, I know. If you're waiting for someone else to help you get your ass into gear, you're, you're going to be waiting the rest of your fucking life, right? Oh, yeah, you're fucked in front. Yeah, if you're looking for a guru, you're fucked in front. I ain't looking for a goddamn leader. But if there's a whole gang of us getting ready to, to do some shit to retaliate with some people who got some shit coming, and I see a motherfucker like Crazy Horse up front there running around and daring people to fucking kill him. And the only thing the guy ever says to his people is, follow me. The chances are pretty good that I'll be riding with that motherfucker. No, I, I absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been really kind of trying to live my life like, not like I've got cancer or some terminal disease, but every time I'm on a microphone or every time I've got a pen in my hand, I take it seriously and I say, I, this is it. You got to say what you need to say and be who you need to be. There's no holding back. And that's well, why I like the punk true, band. Yeah. It's like, no matter what they're doing, they've played a couple songs, repeats of songs, but every time they play them, they're different, right? That, that's the idea, and that's why I, I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, to me, that's what uh, the whole thing is about. Yeah. And saying as you feel. I'm, I'm a lazy motherfucker, basically. I'll put that right out front. I take the easy way, and uh, fucking, uh, I'm not looking to make uh, a simple task complex with a whole lot of steps and rules. Uh, and I, I do what I have to say. And in jobs that I've had and shit like that, bosses who got the most out of me, and they were rare, Love Chuck Barris and uh, a guy at that school, uh, a wonderful guy who, uh, who had the school for rich kids going wrong because they were hip to the fucking jive, and they didn't give a shit about prep school. And uh, two employers that just let me run and do it my way uh, were always very satisfied, extremely satisfied. And uh, it was only because I was a radar operator, I was a fucking radar operator. I knew what the fuck I was looking at and what I was doing and uh, paid attention when on duty. And when off duty, I was a fucking maniac. Well, so like with these guys, I know these guys have been off for months, even though they haven't jammed together and shit, you know that, you know, their instrument has been glued to them and 
some way, right? Uh-oh. I saw a couple confused eyes there. Now I don't believe it at all. No, Johnny's saying yeah. Jeremiah's on his phone. Sam's kind of got his hands crossed <laughs> and going, I don't know. <sighs> but Mr. Basis over here is like, I don't know. So he's had his hands full with something else. It must be a woman. Oh, because it's strapped. That's <laughs> why he hasn't had it. It's his hands full. He's got a strap for it. I figured it's a woman or something. Um, I we only got a, like a couple minutes left in live hey, broadcast. Bass player. Yes, the bass player. Uh, let me let me speak to him and tell you, our bass player in that band that I had, Saratoga. These young kids who didn't want to be Osmonds and shit, and they used to back Big Joe Turner once a month at the at the Panga Corral. Uh, we scored some studio time uh, with a chick who liked him, and the guy we got was a guy named Ron Schwartz. And he was really into basic sounds and shit. And he got the bass player, and he says, uh, listen, Ken, he says, I want you to get into this bass on this next tune. He says, just like you got the, the stem of that bass, you got it right up in your chick's cunt, man. And you're laying it in there. Ken hashtag pre-COVID, hashtag pre-me too. <laughs> well, that's, you know what, you never, it, it, the it, Derek's like sitting at the microphone going, I don't know what the fuck to uh, say yeah. after that. No, but I, <laughs> it's getting laid. You guys getting laid? Is who's, who's single and who's not? Raise your hand out of you guys. Okay, Johnny's, wait, hold on. Sam is single and Johnny's single. Okay, but Jeremiah and Derek got got someone. That's right. There you go. <laughs> now they have a place to live. They have a place to live. There yeah, you that, go. Yeah, you got to have somewhere to take the take the lady back to. Hey, let's go back to my um um under the steps right down the street. <laughs> hey guys, we're at that point. I want to say thank you very much for um for all these guys being a part of this, uh, let's give it up collectively for the tortured, everybody. Give it up for the tortured. Oh, absolutely. We got bro. Jeremiah Johnson, Sam Gehring, uh, Derek Zender, and, of course, our fr friend John Lowry. Johnny Lowry. Um, all right. And Patrick. Oh, I'm, yeah, man. It's good to hear your fucking voice, bro. Yeah. I know. It's all, it's all we got, and I like it. It's a, it's a nice trip, and we all stay in touch, and I really enjoyed the sound, guys. So, right on. Patrick enjoyed you guys. So, thank you, Tortured. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks. All right. Thank so, you. again, it's thetorturedsf.com. Check out everything they got to do. Um, they'll be letting you know what's up. They'll be posting some of this. We'll be posting some of this, too. I've got some video and some pictures, and we'll go from there. Um, but to play us out, we're going to do a little bit of your little bro. Oh, I got to say bye to – thank you, Christine. Hi, parents of mine. Um, Brandon, who else do you got to do? You yourself. Your modeling on Facebook on your modeling page, and then Kit Marie. Hey, we love you, dear, wherever you are. Um, enjoy this. Stay safe. You guys, wash your hands. Wash your, wash your privates. Make <laughs> sure you keep everything clean. Okay, especially if you're swiping right. That's all I'm saying. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much to the tortured. Thank you, Patrick, for thank hanging Patrick. out with us. Keep standing up, everybody. Um, we're going to go out with a little bit of your little brother, and they're going to jam in the background, and whatever time we got, we're going to suck up with the torture with whatever they're doing. And then, don't go away. We've got Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. And this week, I don't even know what the hell they're doing, but 
check it out because I always do the countdown. And if you listen and I do the countdown, I think you get a penny for every download. I'm lying. Fuck it. <laughs> Whatever. Listen to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. But until then, I'm going to leave us with a little Hi bit guys. of your little brother. And I've got two things. This is Don't Pull the Plug on Me by George Carlin. And also, this is when he and Lenny Bruce got busted at the Gate of Horn in Chicago. All right, you guys. Thank you, Patrick. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Bye, All tortured. Right, stay cool, everybody. All right, here we go. Guys, <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> it's the first time they made a bust right in an audience. That <laughs> <laughs> And then suddenly this policeman stood up, and I believe he actually said the words, okay, folks, the show is over, which, of course, is a cliche the policeman used just at a killing, you know, in a bar. You know, when the crowd is getting, they want to break up the crowd. Okay, the show's over, the show's over. He actually said it in context. The show's over, ladies and gentlemen. They began to check people's IDs. They had the people leave the club through the only door, the upstairs only door, uh, one by one show their ID because basically what they wanted to do was to catch someone underage so they could give the tr club trouble um, and they found this girl apparently I guess she was 15 or something I forget now but um, in, in checking everyone uh, Vince and I just kept drinking our beers and, uh, and and all the beer we could get because the upstairs bar was right there the service bar was in there uh, by the, you know, it was good and juiced by the time we got to us, and we purposely waited to be almost the last people just to watch all this going on. So when I got to the door, and the police said, hey, ID, you want to see your ID? I said, I don't believe in ID. You know, just a smart-ass Irish guy who was drunk, who didn't like authority anyway, you know, and didn't really care much for regulations my whole life. So I always give him a hard, give him some shit, you know. So I don't believe in ID. So he was a little exasperated by this point, this policeman, and I guess he was a punkhead. And he sort of grabbed me by the... All right, sorry, i got to cut you short, George. Um, i got to go to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. This is Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Um, thanks for joining in. We'll see you next time here on The Edge. It was a place that just... Rush right in. Making sacrifice so large While a coward like Donald Trump Was left in charge Why didn't you, didn't you, didn't you, didn't you Didn't you, didn't you, didn't you, didn't you Call in the National Guard Cause you're blind and cannot see, not see, not know
W A F L Y O fuck L W. I'm trying to sing the theme song, Carl. L W A F L M O Y T. That's us. L W F L for the that stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. But if you want to subscribe to our podcast, please use our acronym, and you can search for it. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, uh, with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. Uh, um, sorry, I had banana in my mouth, just like you when you talk. Oh, my God. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. It's not so tough. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I have a banana in my mouth. We have Paul Brumbaugh yes. from the Edge of Insanity podcast on. Hi, Paul. Hi, I'm sorry. I had to laugh really hard. It did kind of thin. You, you had mush mouth, dude. I always remember <laughs> that I break it down into, I break it into threes. It's L W. See, I blew it now. L W A F L M O Y T. Perfect. So let's, that's how I do it. Let's break that down. So you break it down to let's watch a full length <laughs> yep. movie on yep. YouTube. Thank you, man. Me too. Yes, sir. Uh, we were going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and we uh, streamed first on mutinyradio.fm on Sundays at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's for, we follow The Edge of Insanity. So uh, do us a favor. Listen to Paul's show before us. It's just two hours of your time before the show, uh, and that is at noon, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we are sponsored by Mutiny Radio. All we ask is that you donate some Venmo money to at Mutiny Radio and make sure it's the right one. And uh, we'll do it or not do anything at all. So, But we do want you to watch this movie with us and listen to our podcast at the same time. We do drop in the podcast. Uh, and all you have to do is go to YouTube and search for this week's movie. Carl, what is this week's movie? Pauly Shore is dead, 2003. Pauly Shore is dead. <laughs> That's the word Paul with the Y stuck to its ass. Polly Shore is dead. Shore like the Jersey Shore. And we Down the like shore. Joe the Autophile Monty is our channel. Joe the Autophile Monty. Ooh. And I'm wow, going to go ahead and subscribe to there, it. Man. He named the movie, not us. Uh, he, he was the one who was okay no, with that. Well, all right, so do us a favor. Go type in Paulie Shore is Dead. It's only a movie. It's only a movie, remember. And it's 2003? Yes. We had, so 9-11 was still fresh in our minds when this movie came out. Well, fresh in your oh, mind. It was. I was cried twice in the street in two, within two years. One for uh, And uh, But then I kind of, I saw the bus poster for Paulie Shore is Dead, and I, I started to cry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get back to the show. Paulie Shore says the title, Joe the Autophile Monty, who I just subscribed to, is is the channel. Go click it, the link, hit pause, oh, immediately slide it to the left. It registered our show, trademark, and very excited. We're going to do a countdown, and when you're here to go, you're going to go, and the countdown king is here. None other than Mr. Sunday Afternoon, Carl's Mad Crush, the maestro of descending yes. numerals, Mr. 321, let's get ready to rumba. The world doesn't move to the beat of just one brum. Brum, 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 Trusting down on me. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guest, give it up for Paul Brumba. 
right, cool. Thank you, guys. Wow. That round of applause. After that, man, wash your hands. Please, that favorite. Oh, look at Joe's an audiophile. I thought he was more than just an audiophile. All right. Here we go. You guys got to do this in true uh, uh, Pauly Shore is dead action. Um, let's do this thing. Make that thing hover, that finger that is, right over that triangle. And let's do it in three, two, one. Whoa. Back in the early 90s, there was a comic actor named Pauly Shore who was very popular. No one has seen him lately. This is what happened to him. Well, sort of. <laughs> Critics? Pauly, you don't know what you're talking about. You're great. People love you. You have a following. You... Biodome was a great movie. Did you see Jury Duty? No. Neither did anyone else. Did you see Hot Shots? I love Jury Duty. You did? Jury Duty is his best movie. Really? Yeah, twice in the show. No, I, I, I definitely like the one when he, he was on the farm better. Son-in-law? No, yeah, down on the farm? Or po- Okay, yeah, so let's, let's break it down. Movie-wise, he was in uh, Encino, Encino Man. Man? I think he was in... Yeah, he was yeah. like... He hung out with the caveman. He was... Uh, there was a George Burns one where the age-changing, people-switching type of thingy, and he was like the best friend of the kids. The original, like he was a high schooler with them. But then his real movies, after he hit big on MTV yeah. 25-odd years ago, uh, were Encino Man, uh, fuck, uh, the, the Son-in-Law, uh, In the Army, uh, Jury Duty, which I love, and... Uh, there's what other, what other ones am I missing? He was just kind of a movie. There's another shit. really there's another really shitty one. It's Biodome. so bad. Uh, well, Biodome, Bio- which we've done on this show. See, Biodome's pretty good too, even though it's bad. That's the one with Baldwin, right? Yeah. So, yeah. The worst one Steven. he's ever done was I think straight to Netflix kind of thing, and it was uh, it was the um. Oh, God. He's supposedly a father? He's like a single dad where he takes on raising some kid, and it's kind of like, it's, I think it's done in the flavor of, what's the one with Sandler? Little, the one with the little yeah, kid. I remember that one. Right. Well, I do know it's that kind he, of done uh, in that flavor he where he, but the kid's even smaller. It's just that it's mischievous, and it's Pauly Shore, and he's, and he's has to watch a baby. That's the funny part. Hey, yeah. guys, breaking news, breaking right. news, breaking news. Holy Shore said. Yeah, whatever. One, uh, look at that. Is he holding cotton candy? What did he have? <laughs> now, that's Paris Hilton, <laughs> of course, and her sister, Nikki. Of course it is. Oh. Yeah, well, if there was no Paulie, there would be no uh, Paris, right? I mean, they, they look at, both there's... became popular... There's a Hil- there's a Hilton inside a Holiday Inn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All his celebrity buddies are in the first five minutes of this movie, and then we have the rest of the movie, and then the end. Oh no! There's Mitzi Short. Was that Mitzi? I don't know, but there's a big old boner. I guess that's what they're pointing at. Yeah. And by the way, no, his friends will be throughout. 
Does Jeremy Piven show up in this movie? No. No, but his brother plays like his friend or something. Doesn't even play his brother. He dies like the greats. Sam Kittison, Richard Pryor, Albert Einstein, all the great comics. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they actually said all those names in the same sentence. That was wrong. <laughs> this little boy will grow up to die. So now we're seeing you the history I, I, of... I know, it's, I know what's happening right now. Yeah. Sam Kennison is in his grave going, ow, ow, ow! I did, I did notice that the, the well, you know, he died in a car crash, Sam Kinison. So, uh, I, I had a joke. I had a joke where I never use it. Old Mike would do this joke, but that I would hate to be in the car. Lots of Kinison. Look at this. Lots of Kinison. Well, he worked. Why would you hate to be Sam in the Kinison car? Sam he'd be yelling like ah. <laughs> like when the car crash happened, he'd go oh oh. That's right. That's Terrible, Mike. I love it. Yeah, I would never do that joke. I actually, I mean, I wrote that joke when I was 19, Carl. That's the old Mike. Oh, Luke. What we're learning yeah, is history. I, I, actually, I actually want to watch this movie when I can turn up the volume. <laughs> oh, all right. No, oh, no, no. talking no, about no, his life. That's funny. We're we seeing the backstory of his we, mother. Life. Oh, there's his parents. That was his real parents. Okay. Yeah, so it's Missy Shore and uh, what was his father? His Sam. Uh, no, Sam. His, Stanley Shore. His, yeah, and he was famous, right? He was really famous. Yeah. For a minute. Chilling with the weeds. He opened for Which, by the way, he, or something. That's exactly right. He yeah, his father did. For a yeah. Minute, and he did open for Sinatra. Was it yeah, Sammy? Yeah, he with him for years. Yeah, it was Sammy. Yeah, so, and then they uh, opened a comedy club with his wife, Missy Shore. Missy Shore ran, and that's where Sam Kinison was the door at the, at the comedy store, yeah. which is why Polly grew up with him. Right. In the Army now. Yeah, in the Army now. I noticed that, that, that was funny. The opening title on, on screen says, Polly Shore is dead, and then in parentheses, you'll never weave in this town again, which is a Hollywood reference to you'll never eat lunch in this town again. Right. Uh, a, a memoir from an executive. So it's kind of softening the blow. It's like the movie The Pope Must Die. They had to change the title to The Pope Must Diet. <laughs> so they probably softened the, the title just so people can watch it. Anyway, back to the death of Polly Shore. All right, so what we're seeing now is the birth of the downfall. He gets a Fox sitcom, and it's horrible, horrible movie. I, I mean, a sitcom, and everybody pans it, and this is the beginning of his end. Poor Weeze. Oh, yeah, there's Ben Stiller. You know, celebrities watch TV just like us. If only there was a TV show during quarantine where I get to watch celebrities watch TV. <laughs> Um, ben Stiller is, uh, the joke is, like, he's always saying, like, I guess if my parents were famous, I'd be on top, too. And, you know, his parents were. Right, his parents were, yeah. And now Bill Maher. Well, at least wow, they got some good cameos in this. They've got some really good cameos in this. Absolutely. And the thing is, these guys love the show. Like, everyone was panning the show. It's sort of like a joke on them. Right. 
It looks pretty good. I forget people watch TV. Like you sit around the couch and you watch TV. Well, it's his premiere. Followed by a new Drexel class. Is that Tony Hale? No. Oh, I think that show's pretty good. I would order a whole season and watch it. In, 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 in. <laughs> well, the the um the and Fox ordered only six of them, and only three of them aired. Uh, they replaced him with When Animals Attack. <laughs> Which is really yeah. just big volume. Well, they, the animals recorded the saying, it was not our idea. <laughs> we wish the best to Mr. Better Schwartz. known as one Fox exact attack. The beginning of the when animals attack, it does not say no animals were harmed in the making of this. <laughs> the American Humane Society was nowhere near the production of when animals attack. We guarantee that guy was a funny comic, too. The guy smoking the cigar, Rick Duquesne. Or, yeah, this is basically talking behind Polly's back. Now, I'm at 9-12, 9-13, 9-14. What about you guys? Let me look I'm really at 9 quick. Eight. Um, I'm a couple seconds I'm behind. I'm at 9, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, me, same here. Same here, Carl. Okay, so I want you guys to tell me when – I want Mike to tell me when he gets to 9 minutes and 30. Okay, sounds good. Is that Paul Tom Sizemore? Yes. Three, there. two, one, go. Thank you. Poor Tom Sizemore. So I wonder in 2003 what, what state was he on? Yeah. Oh, he, was in a, he, was on, he was on E-News all the time. And then it gets to be in a movie with E in it. So basically, this is like behind Paul. Like everyone saw the show and it sucks. But you're in front of the guy, right? So you're not going to be like, your show right. sucked. So it's like talking behind his back and then Two-Face talking to his face. Well, he knew it's Two-Face because they went up to him and said, hey, nice set, Paulie. Good set. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, they're on landlines talking about what they watched on TV. This right. is so quaint. Did you watch TV, Bill? Bill? Yes, I did, Ted. Now, I got to say that Paulie Shore is a very good sport. Uh, he is so teasing himself throughout this whole movie. He's like, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. Now, he doesn't say that, but he wrote the script, he directed it, you know, he produced it. Right. This was all done with his own he's money. He's saying it in every other way. Yeah, he's saying it in every other way. Right. So, But isn't, isn't no, this a cop-out? No, it's not a cop-out. It's a smack in your own face. I mean, seriously, everyone... Throughout this whole film, this whole film's the the thing is Pauly Shore sucks. That's the whole joke. And you wrote it yourself. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but sometimes you could say like you you kind of fill this space where the laughter should be by say by doing a fake laugh or you know ha 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 or you know I uh, 
you know, you can undercut yourself to kind of keep the grace going. So, but I do see that this film is kind of genuine, uh, that the humor lies on him kind of cutting his own, his own self for our, our entertainment. Right. But he also maintained a reality show presence. You know, he had a show called Minding the Store, which was him helping his mom with the comedy store. And right. Mickey Short passed away. I'm not sure if, if I believe the show was filmed during that time. Well, it was 2005 but, uh, on TBS, so it's two years from after this movie. Do you, are you okay with that, that he made a really kind of funny, self-effacing movie like this and then just kind of parlayed it into a reality show, which was straight-faced? Uh I guess from the way you're saying it, I should be offended by that. Uh, this guy it's is good. just trying to make a living. This movie was not nationwide. This movie only made $11,000, and he, I don't know how much he sunk into it, but it was his own personal money. It had a limited release uh, just in California. Um, I think, you know, he had a chance to get a payday, so he did a reality show. I mean, what, but what are you? what right. is it you're thinking, like? You think this movie well, I mean, like is cheap the, and bad, like the the no, concept? No, I, I I agree with you. I agree with you that it's the humor and lies about how nakedly uh, uh, honest he can make it on himself by you know undercut you know by eating all this shit on on stage. Yeah. And, uh, so the man, the guy yeah. goes out to say to his staff, "Paulie Shore fired us," and they're all happy about it. And Paulie wrote that, you know. And directed it. Right. I don't know. I Look, I am yeah, not a Paul fan except for this movie. This movie is great. Wow. I mean, Good to hear. In that he, you know, totally just, it's the ultimate put down this movie, and he, he's putting him down himself, you know, like, I don't know. Okay. It's one man's opinion here. He's, uh. It won the Audience Choice Award at the Slam Dunk Film Festival. <laughs> it's going to be a great Slam Dunk Film Festival. There's a lot of slamming and dunking. It, it was released way, in he Sacramento, like he... California and almost nowhere else. Uh, no wonder it only made $11,000. I think it should have gone nation nationwide. My sa I mean, maybe no one wanted to pick it up, but I'm saying that I think this movie could have hit. There's his girlfriend. You know, I, uh, wow, look at that. Yeah, you see the ring? Yeah, look at that ring on her finger. Yeah. So now I his show has been canceled. He's basically having, you know, he went groveling to MTV. They kick him out. His girlfriend's with this really loser dude. Hold on, Louie. <laughs> See that? What's up, buddy? Yeah. And Pauly Shore had to make a face like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, but don't you think that's like parlaying your 15 minutes of fame by just like now mocking the catchphrase that, that made you? This is right by my mom's house. Oh, or, in yeah, Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Is that Fred Durst? Uh, look, he had... Uh, Red cap and goatee. Let's see. 
He didn't have 15 minutes of fame. He had 13 years. No, 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 no. All right. I ate my hat. No, no. I'm eating my hat. Wait, wait. wait. 96. 96 is pretty much when it died. Uh, This Fox show. When was that Fox show? Because that killed it. Yeah. 1997, Shore landed his own TV show on Fox. Lasted five episodes, but it was canceled. Two episodes remain unaired. And it essentially ended his comedic career. So that's 11... Wait, that is seven... Eight years. Eight years of fame he had. Look, there's Limp Biscuit. Fred... I knew it was Limp Biscuit. The, he does that throughout the yeah. thing. He gets people... Like, you know people don't like Limp Biscuit today and think Fred's a jerk. That's why he's in this movie. Oh, even Fred hates him. That's pretty low. Now this... Yeah, well, I mean... I, yeah. This is Paulie's biggest yeah. fan. And he's freaking out that his show is not on TV, that it's Animals Attack. He's from Kentucky. Yeah, so is he, he's pissing on his audience now? Yes, he is, yes. Animals Attack. Selling Law is my favorite movie. Watch that, I throw a Wow, Tim Conway. This is my darkest hour of television viewing. This is worse than when they replaced... They're ripping off Fishburger, Carl. Yeah, right. It's it's the right house setting. Yeah, right, the basement. Well, I mean, Forest Street, the whole thing was a dump. <laughs> oh, right. It was like our little... Imagine, uh, you know... Yeah, well, I mean, I think his movies, I was like, Paulie Shore was a phenomenon in the respect that he did something that, oh, look out for Vern, 2003, so this is after uh, Bayou Shagney. No, the gold, yeah, second one. And what is the one we saw, the the Postal? Postal, that's right, he had a big part in that. He was international superstar. Right, he was the voiceover guy or something, and he came to Germantown. I enjoyed that movie. I really enjoyed that movie. Oh, oh, Postal, yeah. Well, I found a couple more of his films on YouTube, so uh, be prepared. You're the man. uh, Episodes. I eat with uh... (laughs) you. Quarantine life. So now what we're getting is, right. are there any parts in his movies for me? Like, we get that throughout the, the screenplay. He's going to his celeb friends, and he asks if there's any parts for them. They don't answer, and he asks it louder. Is there any parts for me? Clint so Howard. now we have the stereotypical scene. It's like, you have no money. Well, but isn't that Clint Howard, the celebrity? Yep. From Star Trek? Our yes. Star Trek connection? Yes. You're right, You're right on the money, I say that. Well, because board. he played, he was a kid. He was a yes. kid. His dad was a, it was a family dynasty, so the father was hard driven, and he was down to earth actor, and he brought his down to earth children and made them act, and he acted as a child in Star Trek. Yes. And then guys like you go up, Mr. Cliff Howard, you were great as a child in Star Trek. <laughs> He's like, I was a child in Star Trek. I guess you were a child in Star Trek. You were a very intellectual child. Your character was very smart. 
Right. And people say, oh, did you say your character? Oh, thank fucking God, there's a disconnect. Yeah, I was pretty smart. My character was pretty smart. <laughs> the comedy store started Carlin. Not really. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's Mitzi's store is great. You know, like, people who run rooms, you got to respect them. And uh, whatever the, you hear about them, they're running the room. And so, you know, I've always respected it. Uh, this I don't need to see. I know, I'm we really don't. Now, on the screen is Jewel Denial. So he's calling Jewel at her home. Jewel is a porn star, and it's all about the butt. Uh, so now we have well, like, you know, a, like a... Yeah. Well, we have a funny scene in which there's call waiting, and it's his mom. So he's messing up. Talking to Jewel and talking to his mom. You know, that's the comedic hook of this. We really don't need it's to see Polly Shore masturbate. <laughs> well, what do you think this movie is? And he's now he's literally jerking off himself. So wait, okay, Mike, you got beef with this movie. Okay, so that was very telling. So I you don't have beef. I have kissing his own ass is what you mean. This movie is him kissing his own ass, no, you but... feel. No, it's that border, it's that line, and the reason why it's funny is that he can walk the line between, uh, you know, onanism and uh, self-deprecating universal humor, you know. <laughs> what? I'm just saying, between the onanist and the uh, hubris, you know, I go with the hubris all the time. It's plain and simple. But you think he's like an egotist oh, making this film? Right, he's uh, he's like a, a, a self-centered, uh, maybe not narcissist. Maybe that's know, too strong. But. but 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 see, that's but that's humor that we grow up with. He's no different than Chris Elliott. His whole humor is about Chris Elliott. You know what I mean? But they do it in a manner that is uh, universal, and that like we can relate to Paulie Shore, even though we don't have uh, well, Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott does make it about Chris Elliott, but he makes it that he's a loser, like. This is about Chris Elliott failing. Polly's not really. Okay, who's this guy? Every I I know his face, but he looks like Dan Aykroyd. You know, when Dan Aykroyd does cameos as a motorcyclist and bicyclist, or, uh, you know. Uh, well, the joke here is this guy fell to fell to you know in fame, and now he sells oranges, and they're doing racist stuff. But but who is he? Do you know? No. Let's listen to his voice. Those are good throws. Those are, except for the last one, those are good throws. And I think yeah. one of them hit his best friend, you know, and they probably kept that take. Good, he deserves it. I used to be someone. Now I'm selling oranges. This is in contact with Paulie. So I do like what he did. I, I do like this movie. I think it walks the line is why I'm bringing it up, but I think he does it. You know, he pulls it off. Or I, I don't know. The same as I'm watching it is good. I know that he followed up this movie with a film called Adopted, where it was another kind of rip from his own headline story about him trying to adopt a child. And he got upset that... Uh, Bruno, the, the the Borat movie where he adopts a child, 
uh, kind of came out around the same time. Uh-huh. So he took the idea. So he feels that for that Bruno took the idea. Hmm. So now he's just like his own. His own pity is he's like having awful fantasies about, you know, and we're hearing all the people call him a loser and, ah. Please. I want to give a shout out to Tommy Star in the 80s and comedy and porn stars. Uh You know the stories about like how porn stars would always show up to like comedy store and stuff like that? Like, they would just go and they would watch, like, Dice, or they would watch uh, Sam Kinison or what have you. And I just I just love that phenomenon. Yeah. Because you know who goes to comedy clubs? They're not porn stars. No, not porn stars. They're not going to party with a comedian. Now, this, he's selling his house, and who bought it? Carrot Top. <laughs> Agro Top. He must have played himself in a hundred million things. Well, the reason he's, he's here is because he's like Polly Shore, you know. He had, he was a big deal for a half an hour, for fifteen minutes, and then he crashed, right? So that's why Polly put him in. Right. Even Carrot Top's beating me. Did you notice there was a poster for Polly, i.e., the talking uh, parrot movie with Jay Moore as the voice of Polly? Oh, really? Was there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, they, run they along to your it. mother's comedy store now. Yeah, there you go. Probably because Missy never booked him. See right there, Polly. Uh, don't you hate driving around Hollywood with Sunset Boulevard with all your stuff, man? Yeah, like you just got fired. L.A. life. Hashtag LA Life, you got your bongos in the backseat and the weird misogynistic uh, bottom half of a woman's torso mannequin. Legs askew. Akimbo. Akimbo. So yes. now, basically, his Bye. friend is going to have a meeting with um, Sean Penn. And it's the old, does, is there a part for me? Is there, what are you going to say to him? How are you going to pitch me? So now here we are with Sean Penn. And what's actually happening is Sean is going, who was that guy in that movie Biodome? What was his name? He was with the Baldwin brother. And his friend is not telling him, oh, that was Paulie Shore. He was pretending he doesn't know who he's talking about. Oh, that's great. John Penn talks cinema. <laughs> we we should re, we should wake up our list our faithful listeners and remind them of the episode where we actually it's a, it's a it's a milestone in our uh, over 200 episode run where we watched Biodome. I had suggested Biodome. Yeah. And Carl got very upset. You could tell even though. That, uh, yeah. I was gonna have to watch yeah. Biodome. So you said, I'm picking the next movie, which is the first time that it's happened. Uh, so it, it was... Okay. I remember once you were like, let's do Koi Anastatsky. And I was like, eh, I don't want, I'm not doing it. Mike, I lo- watched the movie. There's nothing to... T-. 
And you were like, all right, I'll get somebody else. And I was like, whoa, 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 okay. Okay, <laughs> Koyana, stop. Oh, yeah. I'm down. But that was a good movie. A lot happened. It was like sunrises and sunsets. And then it was like people walking, but they were walking like so fast. They looked like ants. It was like almost a metaphor. <laughs> I um, uh, was a lot to talk about because almost every scene, the internet had something to tell me. So in the end, that was a good film. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's remarkable that a film of such beauty uh, that should be seen in the cinema was still chopped up in 10-minute bits on YouTube. Because, you know, back in the day, you couldn't have a video on YouTube that was more than 10 minutes. But right. You had to have your Koya Nasaski posted. You had to do it in part one and two. Now, this is uh, Layla Slotman, and she's an actress of note. And she's playing a prostitute, and she's finding out that all Polly has is like eighty-four bucks. Gotcha. You think Polly Shore's a freak? What do you mean? Well, there's been a lot of sex stuff in this. We saw him jerking off. Oh, a freak in a sexual way. Uh, probably. Yeah. Right. Heidi Flex okay. will be in this film. Well, he already had Charlie Sheen, so probably that was the deal. Polly Sheen. Like a package. Charlie Sheen was just a customer like everybody. Right. Oh, you, yeah, so he's no better than anyone else. I mean, he was just a customer. Now, there's a reason that like, thing opened up with Charlie Sheen. You know how everyone thinks he's a cuckoo and everything, and this is 2003 when right. that was in its heyday. Look, so, he's, he's burying his ass. You don't think this film is, like, he's literally receiving up his own ass. All right, whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, Charlie, yeah, what was, like, Charlie Sheen had a great, like, uh, uh, pop culture meltdown, and he went yes. on tour just yelling tiger blood at people, and then... Uh, it was at the Masonic Center here in San Francisco. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if if you're big, you headline the punchline, and if you're really big, you do the fucking Mason, you know, the Masonic Center. And he did, and you know, Live Nation fronted it. And from what I heard is that he really had nothing to say, but it didn't matter. <laughs> so can you imagine, like, as a as a bitter comic, uh, you're just like, how come he gets the Masonic Center? Yeah. That sounds like a open micer, uh, National Lampoon open micers. Uh, somehow, put in the yeah, put in the script, yeah. The rival open micer. How does okay. he get to book this room? So wow, look at that, your old stand-up set. This is basically now it's Jewel denial again, and I love Jewel, but it's all about the butt, and I don't know that I want to go there, but nonetheless, she does. And this is all like his lowest moment. He can't even jerk off. That's pretty. Oh yeah, there's the box. Remember the box is oversized and. Uh, it's 2003. Yeah. Yeah. God, I wonder if they still cost sixty dollars. You know how remember when VHSs came out, VCRs. Yeah. The VHS tapes retail for a hundred dollars. So let's yep. say you wanted a, a co then current copy of ET the extraterrestrial. It's so you had to rent it from the store. There's no way you could just physically own it. 
Okay, oh, it's a Kinnison impersonator. It is. It's me in quarantine. Right. It's my hair in quarantine. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, a guy, a guy named, um, where is it? Timmy Jameson. Timmy Jameson is doing a, a Kinnison impersonation. Now, Kinnison sort of mentored uh, Pauly uh, at the comedy store. So he's telling him, why don't you kill yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a... It's about who you know, brother. I kind of like it. I, I kind of like, like, Kinnison was unique that he would have these, like, he would play guitar, rock guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, his show was like a rock and roll affair. It was pretty kind of, I don't know. It's it's interesting that he went that way. So, funny. he's been told by I, his, yeah. he's been told by his mentor to kill yourself. I am. Yeah. And he's like, the only person who's going to miss me is joke. my mother. So he writes a suicide note to his mother. But I couldn't handle the pressures of Hollywood anymore. You did a great job raising me, and it's not your fault. This is heavy shit, man. Yeah, except he's not going to die. He thought he died, but he was just watching Biodome. <laughs> well, actually, his Fox sitcom, if you want to see Pauly Shore die, watch his Fox sitcom. Kurt Loader. Hey, Kurt Loader from MTV News. Not MTV, in it. He's seven years old. Seven zero years old. Kurt Loader. Really? Yeah. Wow, Whoopi Goldberg. God, I love Whoopi Goldberg movies, even the ones she does cameos. In. <laughs> Not sure about Perry from so now that he's dead, you know, everyone's saying yeah. good things about him. Oh, we need Jane's addiction frontman has words to say about Pauly Shore. Yeah, he's got layers. Very thorough. And now um, she's saying that she wouldn't have gotten uh, Baywatch if it weren't for Pauly. He taught her how to mouth-to-mouth resuscitate and... So anyway, it's basically uh, a montage say. of people saying good things because uh, Paulie's dead. Now these are all like MTV regulars. So he, I mean, he could have like whoever produced this movie probably said, "Hey, you know, Dr. Dre, since you're here, can you just uh, I don't know." Well, no, they probably asked him. Well, Paulie produced. Oh my God, Matt Penfield. Yeah. He's interviewing Bucky, his biggest fan. Oh, right. There's a Cena man in the background. Do you remember Matt Penfield? I hate when movies put real journalists playing themselves in there. It undercuts their journalistic integrity. To have Matt Penfield from MTV News play Matt Penfield from MTV News, it undercuts, you know, it, it, MTV News should not have their front man pretend to, to get fake news like that. It's just right. it's a disgrace. Yeah. You know? There were some movies that uh, got in trouble for that. The movie Contact with Jodie Foster yeah, yeah. had a, a, like like a CNN clip where it looked like Bill Clinton agreed right. with what was going on, and uh, 
that they got to, how can a CNN use uh, abuse their journalistic integrity? <laughs> he was talking about the asteroid that uh, from Mars that looked like it might have bacteria in it that never got proven. But uh... right, yeah. Well, they got angry. They said, how can you, you know, you're editing the news to make a, to go with the story, you know. Yeah, really and Bill Clinton was a star of the film. Not really, but you know what yeah, I mean. He was. In the script, he was talking about life from another planet, and he was. These are all stars. Oh, that's uh, Sugar Ray, right? That's right. And, and that's, I don't know, she's on um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, Great. As the police as the partner of the brother. So basically it's like uh, everyone's broken up about uh, Pauly and, and it's just getting made fun of. That was a fucking piece of shit. I mean, Jesus Christ, give me a break. Take it back, pal. I'll take one back. Take it back, pal. Take one back, old man. Hey, man, why don't you take you and your little crying-ass kid to the next hole so me and my girl can play some golf up in this motherfucker, right? Come on, man, let's play. Play some golf. Because I'm the Oh, the tributes could go continue. This yeah, is what's well, going to happen in the open mics when we pass away. They'll have like a tribute where everyone. Uh, now that's the guy from Jersey. Karaoke. That director. Oh, is that uh, James Allen Bob? Yeah, right, no. right. That's it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not the director from Jersey, but he is a Jersey boy. Yeah. I guess he's Jay. Something. Jay, yeah, it's Jay. Well, every time they go to like the comedy store or any comedy club, I bet it's the, everyone in the audience are comedians. Like, yeah, Paul, I would love to be in your movie. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, there's a Carl Hotel in San Francisco. We have the greatest cameo ever here. We're about to see Cato Kalin. Oh, great. Going to a different house. And look how he's balded. That's Cato Kalin? Yeah. From the OJ set trial? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What happened to your hair? I lost it. Okay, I know. Wow. He looks great. So again, he's getting he's a person who's like, you know, on the D-list. Hot for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't hot for a good reason. He didn't have a fame of a, you know, a movie. But still. This is kind of like a... a... This movie's ahead of its time because you, there's a lot of like channels and a lot of product and a lot of content and one variety of it is the genre of like the self-deprecating uh, celebrity playing himself. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it on Pop, the POP, the the network, where I just forgot who it was. It was some kind of famous actor, TV actor. I think it was a DJ, and he would bump into Joey Lawrence playing himself. And Joey has problems, you know, and. They reference his line and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, uh, that Gary Shandling show, Larry right. Sanders, was great at it. You know, that was probably the one and only time that just clicked. I mean, it's great watching it now and seeing, like, you know, the late Gene Siskel and the late Warren Zevon in the same show and, go, and them complaining about, like, Chevy Chase errors, late night talk show stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is dated as well, I guess. You know, this uh, movie was be before its time because someday Pauly Shore will die. Uh, <laughs> it is ahead of its time. Yes. Do you think they'll play this 
in this movie. Everyone will watch this movie, ironically, right? Yeah. Uh, if I ever meet Pauly Shore, I'm telling him that. He has a podcast. Maybe I should call up. Oh, yeah. Pauly Paul, Podly Shore. Oh, that's Pauly Shore Pod. Um, I don't know. He also hosts his own podcast show. Um, I guess I should have researched that, right? To promote him right uh, now. Anybody, just go to no, Google in uh, Pauly Shore podcast. You'll find it. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to actually watch his routine so I could start quoting uh, his act. And I said, eh, <laughs> I don't know. Life is precious now. It's just only moments ago. Uh, so, no regrets. <laughs> is that, oh, instead of no regrets? <laughs> no regrets. Well, I've... Uh, there's a welcome to the Miller says that joke where he's like, don't you have any regrets at all? Like this kind of you know hipster white guy. This place is a Sunset Boulevard, isn't there? With the like the rodeo horse, or whatever, the mechanical bull. Yeah, this is basically a montage of Paulie loving that the world loves him. It kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. So they know he's dead? Who, who is he now? Abraham Lincoln, right? I Yeah, he's being Abraham Lincoln. I don't know. Oh, it's Tom Sizemore. And the thing is, it doesn't make sense why the guy hiding undercover would get Pollywood on his stomach and why a famous guy would stop in to say hello and why a photo shoot with sexy girl i i i just don't get it just living the life you know remember at the end of batman 3 where uh michael cade says you should go out and i should see you at a restaurant and right. then he goes out he gets yeah it was sucking. and he and there he's at a restaurant he's like going hey oh high times magazine that magazine is in trouble right now. They've been buying dispensaries under the, the name of High Times. Uh-huh. And uh, they're just, I don't know. You know, everything's kind of whack right now. I should mention another pop culture uh, is dead moment for me is L.A. Style. It's the first techno band to ever hit the Billboard Top 100 with their song James Brown is Dead. Uh-huh. Which was more of a reference to sampling James Brown and, and dance numbers, but... Have you heard the news? James Brown is dead. And then they play a different kind of techno riff that wasn't a James Brown derivative. And uh, that also spawned songs. Michael Jackson is in heaven now. And uh, Well, what happens yeah, to another one pop like culture? Uh, how did you frame it? Uh, a part of pop culture died? Yeah, like part of... Wow, look at that. He even made National uh, Geographic. Well, that, uh, like, kind of a weird, like, pop culture moment where they would say, like, James Brown is dead while James Brown is very much alive. And oh, I see what you mean. Wrong. Yeah. That's like, do you know of any other, like, is dead? That song yeah, was ahead more of the time. Yeah, I know, but no one played it other than me when James Brown did pass. <laughs> oh, we should the runaway. The uh, Pauly Shore must die. Yeah, 
Oh, oh I, I even see like, yeah. Now he's being runaway, right? The girl's on to him, so uh, he's going to get outed now. Oh no, Act Three! Wow, look at all those magazines. He's telling. All right, I just want to straighten you out. This is yeah. middle act two. You see, what happened was we got to around the 25th minute, and then we saw Pauly Shore is dead. It's the movie poster, you know? You're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. I'm the money. And so right now, it's the beginning of the hero's lowest moment in a movie. It's the beginning of act. It's the part in act two when he's going to break down and it's the hero's lowest moment. It's I'm not describing it very well, but the big movie poster moment of this is a great thing in the movie, it gets thrown into jeopardy and it begins a downward slide. He's going to get caught now. Gotcha. Oh man, he's going to have to move into, out of the Charles. Uh-oh, Polly has a gun. Yeah. Polly's got a gun. <laughs> that got it good. Oh, man. That's how he directed people. He would hold that good. <laughs> That's good. That's really a great tool for a director. Yeah. Well, you, you heard, speaking nope. of the Batman movies, that, that that director wouldn't allow anyone to sit during production. Really? And Paulie Shore would carry a gun with him. Well, his publicist denied it. It was a, a Twitter controversy. I could see Polly going, let's take it again. Polly, come on. It's been okay, okay, Polly. All right, we'll do another take. All right, Polly. Okay, all right, yeah. Just uh, get back in your director's chair. Go to craft services, get me a coffee. Polly, that's not my role. Oh, oh, okay, Polly. I get, okay, getting you <laughs> two sugars, right. right? Getting you a coffee. <laughs> Well, I, I think that the cops should get caught, uh, shot by Polly. Polly, that's what allows. Oh, yeah, all right. Okay, let's set up the squib. Basically, what happened is the cop came to the door and said, This is crazy, but is Polly sure in there? And he was like, No, no. But he was gesturing his fingers like, Yes. Oh, so the cop knows. Cops going right. to make it to TMZ. There it is. Hello, eonline.com? Ah, I got a scoop. Now, here's another thing that doesn't make sense about this movie. Why would he get, like, arrested as if he had done a terrible crime? Isn't that a crime to take your own death? Is that a crime to take your own death? It might be a crime, but it isn't a go in, guns a-blazing, cuff the guy, throw him in jail. You know, it's, it's... Well, you want to turn it... Yeah, you want to threaten that guy, the guy who who faked his own death. Well, we'll threaten him. Maybe he'll be so scared that he might die that he'll. Uh... <laughs> he started stand up at seventeen. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Well, then he was on he worked right. He was on MTV. Yeah. Oh, that was twenty. Sorry, the director called short of a freak. At 21 years old, he hit MTV, and that began his fame. Yeah. Well, he, did he was he like a VJ, and then yes. he was just such outrageous. Oh, hey, Brittany. 
Right, and she's like, who the hell is this? And she goes, oh, yeah, he was on MTV before I was born. True. True that. All right, point guns at the suicidal guy who faked his own death. See what I mean? This doesn't make sense in the movie. They're brutally taking him out like he committed a violent act. He He downed the short of them. Oh, no, now they're going to find out, and they're going to be like, we hate him. Yep. Yeah, they're making out in front of their kids? Yeah. That's really freaky. It's very liberal of them. Well, they live in uh, what doesn't look well. She tells the girl, go to your room, and she goes, Dad, I'm in my room. Quarantining in a studio apartment. And his mullet looks like there was no party in the back. The party was lame. Uh, this guy's fans. name is uh, W. Earl Brown, and I don't know. He's been in movies. He's all right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he didn't force that haircut on him. Uh-oh, here comes Kurt Loder. Now it's about it was he faked his death. How can MTV go sink so low to be in this movie? Well, I'm sure. Sh- I don't think there was even MTV News. Right. It's 2003, so I'm sure he was. Uh, you know, yeah. they called him in. Did you ever see him on The Simpsons? The Simpsons had a flashback episode where Homer and Marge first met, but because right. they were doing it a couple decades into the series, it was a flashback of the 90s. And uh-huh. Homer became a grunge star, and they reported, like, I think it was his death or something, and it was reported by Kurt Loder from MTV uh-huh. News, who ended the broadcast with, and I'm Kurt Loder from the 90s. <laughs> so right now what we've got is everyone uh, slamming him now that they found out he faked his death. There's no way you would get Ellen in your movie now. She's too big. And now? Yeah, and Chris Rock, maybe. Back. No, Paulie, fuck you. Stay dead. That's the... <laughs> Chris Rock, my man. It's funniest. That was it. Oh, yeah, I can't believe. He believes that dick? So this is the agent, like, not.